Ah, I love you too. It's, um, beautiful day, isn't it? Um, I live in Georgia. You should, I mean, what a beautiful, beautiful place. Beautiful day. I have a kind of a bittersweet announcement. Um, yeah, the Lord has been leading him into a different direction with us, and and it's actually felt like the Lord is totally doing it. It's we we've been hearing your story and been a part of your story, and it feels like the Lord totally is doing this. And so, um, why don't you share what's yeah. been happening? Yeah. Uh, so when I met with Steve uh, a few weeks ago, we had actually been in conversation, which I'll tell you in, in a bit. Uh, ever since I even interviewed for this job, I had let him in on kind of where my trajectory was going and where God had me chase their dreams. But when I met with him a few weeks ago, I said, I know this is closely on the heels of John Pitzer telling everybody to chase their dreams, but it wasn't his fault. He's not putting things in the water, so don't worry. Uh, this One, so you understand what's happening here, but two, maybe there's something in your heart that this will resonate with uh, and the journey that you find yourself on. But for me, Jesus has been amazing in the things that he's healed in my life, things I wanted to stay the same forever, and he just thought it was time to shake up a little bit, right? Uh, so I've been working for the church since I got out of college, and I've been preaching in churches ever, even before that, and um, churches up in Atlanta, Grace Midtown specifically. And uh, it is my home, it is my best friends, my family, the people that brought me into the kingdom that I walked with as brothers, and I thought, this is the best place I'm never call in my heart that at first felt annoying and I wanted to go away, that was saying, it's, you know, it's time for you to go. I was like, I don't wanna go. Why would I wanna go? Let's stay here. Abraham, and he's telling you to leave the land you know and go to the land he's gonna show you. And I was like, ah, oh, it's not fun. <laughs> so I did that, and about six months later, uh, uh, Steve called, following God out into to this new venture. And uh, so I, when we met, um, we had both talked. He was like, I don't know if God's in this or not. Let's pray about it. And I was saying, I don't know if God's in this or not. Let's pray about it. Let me. And so my wife and I moved down here. We had a baby two months after we moved down here. We have a second baby, which is our third child total, on the way in two months. We've had two kids basically since we've been here. And um, it was such a way to me. I was a part of the very first year of Bassam here. And I always thought, man, if there's any other church I'd work for, it'd be this one. And uh, so about six months ago, that same nagging started happening in me again. I was just a mad and said, why? why, why, why would you even bring me down here? And in the middle of talking with Steve, in the middle of processing with friends and family and whatever, uh, they said, I didn't know why until I looked back at the two years that I've been here. I truly believe when I left uh, the first church I was at that God was telling me to go to a new place that he was gonna show me and I'm still on that journey, but I think he made me take a pit stop down here in South Atlanta to Bethel Atlanta because there's some people here that teach you how to reign in life. And so on the way to where I was going, he had me stay here for two years to be more I could bless. I hope I've blessed you some, but I know you've blessed me. I know you've blessed me. And that's humbling. I was telling Steve, everybody likes to be the hero in their stories. Here is my marriage with my wife. We're the closest we've ever been. My family is the healthiest it's ever been. I'm personally the healthiest it's ever been. And it's because of the, literally starting from the two years, the moment we stepped foot on that journey to discover. And I don't know fully what, it, what it's supposed to look like, but I do know that the thing God is telling me to go after is that he's given me a gift of communicating and, and reaching people uh, with his time into that. And that I can lead well and I can pastor well, but that's not really the thing he's called me to go after. So I don't know what it looks like. It's very possible when they rebuild the bridge on 85, I'll be sleeping under it. But I, and that I'm a better uh, leader of my family than that. But um, 
you know, we, we, we were gonna step out on faith. I always tell people, you lo- everyone loves the idea of faith until you choose to use it, and then you just look foolish. But my, my favorite part was meeting with Steve and delivering news that on the short end is not fun for someone to hear that has a beautiful vision like this and is building a team and taking it someplace. That look, and then he processed it, and the heart of the Father came out. And from the very first time we talked about it, he's been nothing but blessing me and choosing to see this as a, as a support uh, which is just really wild. And I need you to know that from like, you're seeing this, which you don't know the behind the scenes and how contentious these things could be, but it's not. And how many people, Steve, and this team that has supported me and has done this over and over again, and I think is gonna continue to do this again. Hopefully not too much. Right. <laughs> not right. too much. Not too much. But. Um, yeah, let's give Drew a big hand. He's an amazing, amazing young man. In Caroline, a wonderful deposit. So while you're standing, would you just extend your hand, Lord? We just thank you for Drew. We thank you for Caroline. We thank you for the family, God. We thank you for these two girls, this young son. We thank you for their life. We thank you for the gift of being able to communicate. Use to this and write and speak. And we pray that there'll there'll be ways and avenues to this generation that are new and unique. And Lord, we just thank him. The co-investment, co-laboring. And Lord, I just thank you for the spiritual rates of return coming to both of us. We grace, grace, grace. Life and grace, creativity. See souls being one. Minds being opened. Grace, grace, grace. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So on this subject, uh, before we get in the message, um, you know, sendings and leavings and, um, and, and in this area, it's been, it has actually been a struggle for the church. As she's on this area, you don't typically see pastors falling morally. It's not generally been our or, or uh, money issues, but we have seen defeats in a couple thousand years, and the Protestant church has had like 200 since breakfast. <laughs> so we we have, you know, this is for last week, had a, was honored to be with a group of evangelicals that met with the Pope. And every, you know, all the pastors want revival. He'll give us what we want, revival. And so we're fighting this unity thing. And lately, it feels like we've had some victories. We're almost, we had uh, several, many years ago, what would amount to a church split. We had four really key families, many on staff. Uh, all, really all four on staff, and, and we had a split. And it was painful for everybody. And lately, in the last six months, all four of those families have been in total reconciliation with us. Three are now attending the church regu- here regularly. Ever happened. Like it feels like a victory. Honor, both sides honoring, both sides have to walk toward each other. So over the years, just keep walking toward each other. 
And so I'm seeing some, some real victory. I'm encouraged by that. Ellen Winter may be the biggest unifier at missionary in the Church of South Atlanta of anyone the last 20 years. Planting a seed of unity. Super talented. I mean, no pastor wants to lose talented. I mean, Drew is uh, not many people in his age can keep the world. They're not, so, but they're leaving with us in communication and, and Drew will be preaching here, you know, a year from now. He'll be invited to preach. It's like it's healthy. And so good sending, it's not a went, it's a sent. We've all been a part of wents, right? And I just, I'm on a good face and it's not really real. We're just not going to do that. If it ain't good, we ain't putting our hands on and blessing it. We'll bless them, but we're not, and they're real. And uh, I just, so these are wins for an apostolic center. Sending is part of the good. There has to be a way, love, money, that it gets sent well. Has to be a way. So we're trying to model that. Amen? Amen. Okay. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So I thought uh, next week's Easter, so we thought we would just take a, kind of a, a, kind of a just a stop between what has been kind of a rush of guest speakers. You know, we've had six guest speakers in the last nine weeks. Wasn't last week amazing? Michael Maiden, amazing. And he was so generous with uh, words, so, you know, in the second service, he was here till many, many, many people ministered to. Isn't it, and in the school of ministry, just... Many, many, many people ministered to. Isn't it wonderful to hear God to someone else's heart that he would speak to someone else's heart and say something about you and watch that all day? It is supernatural. I, I could just sit and watch that all day. It is supernatural. It is God on the throne. It's God... And so we had, we've had, it's a good, good papa, daddy. And so we had, we've had just a, a great season. So we put a lot of time and energy. Lindy, take a minute and remind ourselves. Uh, we put a lot of time and energy. Lindy and I have been hosting for six weekends in the last night time and our staff. And I see these people as five-fold ministers, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. I see, and they're sending, they're just flinging it out to you. And they're sending seed to enrich you, to empower you. As we sit there is to be good soil. And our responsibility as we sit there is to be good soil, to be hungry, to be honored. That got sown. Fold return from that seed that got sown. So if you missed some of those, I'd encourage you to catch catch them on podcast. But I was just going to remind you of a couple things that were said. So um, John Pitzer actually wasn't one of those guests because I wrote this down. His dad said, "Count your blessings because blessings are quiet." 
and curses are loud. I could feel something happen in the room where something happened when he made this statement where every place in your life that felt like a loss or nothing said, God, wait, dark place. Paul Mary said, God wastes nothing. Anything. What you think was a detour, what you think was a loss, he can win with a pair of twos. He makes broken things. I don't understand how he does it. But he can do it. Paul Manwaring said, did you get what you came for? Something. You can listen to this message online, but it may not be quite the same as if you were here. And certainly worship. Corporate worship. People, something in a corporate experience you can't, something you can't, by touching someone, loving them, looking them in the eye, getting a word, giving a word of encouragement. Something, I'd encourage you to listen. I just listened yesterday, his part three on friends with God, about Moses, about expectation and not expectancy. This is your church. I'd ask Eric Johnson, his most recent one. Michael Maiden last week, if we don't know who we are, life will define us. God told Michael, I don't, before his very eyes, 34 rotation crumble. Before his very eyes, 34 articles written about him in the Phoenix. And I want your integrity. He said, I don't need your reputation. I want your integrity. And Bobby Connor, he said, we're way too familiar with a God we barely know. Ouch. Danny Silk, honor is when I definition of it like I would treat Jesus. Great definition of honor. So don't lose that investment, those seeds, vision. What's our vision? In the 60s, I used to listen to a song. It was about, it was kind of an anti-war cry. Is, what do we, f-? something like that. Fighting for, I don't know, I don't give a, something like that. But what are we fighting for? It hit me recently working for. And so it hit me recently, our vision statement, Jesus. Like if your vision statement of your church is misaligned with that, maybe they need to redo it. So what is Jesus' vision statement? To be in line with theirs. We're part of the Bethel church family. It ought to be in line with theirs. We ought to be in the wake of Jesus. We ought to be in the wake of, and my personal vision statement, Mark Voice and Bill Johnson. And my personal vision statement ought to be lined up with those two. What was his mission? A lot of you have question marks over your head right now. You look like, I wonder what it is. So turn with me to Luke 4. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. Around verse 17, 18, right in there. Let me set this up. Luke chapter 4, Jesus had just been baptized in the river, the dove representing the Holy Spirit. And God said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. 
So the Bible never, doesn't use the word Trinity, but right there is God in three in one. Father speaking a blessing, the Holy Spirit on the shoulder of Jesus. And so then, where did he go? Went to the wilderness. Where's that? Went to the wilderness. So remember, 40 days he was tested. So he's tested by the devil for 40 days. After goes home to his home church. His home church in Nazareth. And it was the custom of that day that they would have typically even seven stand up before the congregation, just read the word. Not a sermon, just read a passage of scripture. And the passage of scripture that was given to him to read, he didn't choose it. As he opens the scroll, and I would, uh, for some reason, this is a moment in the Bible that I would just what the air feels like in the room. I'd love to feel the authority in his voice. I'd like to hear. How's he do it? What does he say? What's the temperature of the room? Scriptures, they handed him. When Jesus came to the front to read the scriptures, they handed him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Me. And he has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners for the time of God's grace. I've come to share the message of Jubilee, for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. He could have started anywhere. He could have said anything. He could have started anywhere. And I just, uh, scripture, what's he saying? A love for the Lord, as I read that scripture, what's he saying? He's pointing to the poor, to the brokenhearted. As we were singing today, come, Jesus, come. He's saying, he's anointed me. New eyes for hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted. New eyes for the blind and preach to prisoners. Our Lord will address. He invited the poor, the brokenhearted, the downhearted, the prisoner. And one thing I noticed is my we were 17, this happened. There was such a theme of when you were 17, this happened. When you had this loss in your life. If we're honest, when you went through that divorce, every one of us, if we're honest, life hits the good people. Fallen world, bad things can happen to good people. Fallen world, fallen people, and something on you. Amen? And he's coming to minister to a broken. Says, "I'm coming for the poor. I'm coming for the brokenhearted. I'm coming for the hurting. What people say first. Just, just think, like, what a God we serve. What a great Papa. That he has a heart for every poor, brokenhearted. And there are people in the room today that are." Poor, brokenhearted. 
fighting to stay out of prison for porn, feeling, you name it, addiction, feeling shame for porn, feeling, you name it. Here, here's who I am. Announced. Here, here's who I am. Who else would you serve? What better call? So we follow this wonderful God, this wonderful Papa. And it's not just empty empathy that says, let me listen. I want understanding, but I want a solution. I want to overcome. He says, I've come with a year of Jubilee. I've come to cancel debts. I've come to release the prison of just empty, empty empathy, but one who has the power to restore. He's a miracle worker. He's an inside-out God. He's a giver of life kind of God. He's a hope-filled life God. He's a take-your-sins-away kind of God and make them as if they break through and release and path for provision and breakthrough and release and freedom. He's a freedom-making God for the broken heart. I come for the poor. I've come for the broken heart. I you know, what a great God. Everybody, everyone, young or old, black or white, rich or poor, everyone come. Got your act together? Come. You don't? Come. It's his mission statement. It's his mission statement. And a little more time there. Bibles, Isaiah 61. Just spend a little more time there in the message version. We'll call it's becoming my favorite chapter in the Old Testament. People call it's becoming my favorite chapter in the Old Testament. People call it the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. Written hundreds of years by the prophet Isaiah. It's prophesying about Jesus. Hundreds of years. Written hundreds of years by the prophet Isaiah before he came. But it's got him all over it. He says the same thing, the Spirit of God, the Master. Like, I'm getting where I can stop. Like, the Holy Spirit just stopped me on a word. Like, the Spirit of God, the Master. It's good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to announce freedom to the captives. Do you hear it? He said, preach the good news. Heal the brokenhearted. And the year of his grace you hear? He's announcing. He's getting a trumpet out. I'm coming. I'm announcing. Comfort all those who mourn instead of ashes. Have you ever been in ashes? Just standing in ashes? Every one of us has. Our king comes with a bouquet of roses. Lots of news of doom in the news. But he brings a message of joy. Messages of joy, and he's renaming them oaks of righteousness. He's renaming you and me an oak of righteousness. It's not an empty, that sounds like significance to me. It sounds like breakthrough to me. It's not empty empathy. You're becoming an oak of righteousness. 
He wants you to become an oak. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory, an oak of righteousness. Why? Be in the act to get your act together club, all American family. No, though you'll be planted by God to display his glory. Your destination is glory. And why, what's the point of this? Just so we get it together? No. They'll start over on the ruined cities. They'll take the rubble left behind and make it new. You've got a mission. Amen. You've got a mission statement. This is Jesus' mission statement for his kids. Set apart ones. He says you're called out, set apart, chosen before the foundation down. What an honor. The church keeps beating down. Are you irrelevant? Blah, blah, blah. The world has no respect. Big deal. They don't have any respect. Church is going to be a bride of Christ. And you have a mission statement. Amen. Restoring the ruined cities. We love Chip and Joanna Gaines and, you know, what's their show? Fixer Upper. You know why we love it? It was like dong. And about 42 minutes later, it's awesome. We kind of need that in our life, right? Quick. Funny husband and the get it done girl. Jesus is talking about restoring ruin. We all got some shag carpet somewhere floating around. And he's ripping it out. Holy Spirit's taking a flag. like that part of your heart. That looks good. That looks, oh, what about that? See, a little bit of shag carpet. You're like, yes, Lord. We're all reno projects. Go into the world. Preach the gospel. Make disciples. His first words and his last words. And before he gave the great commission, see, there's a power struggle going on. Adam and Eve had everything. They gave power away when they sinned. And the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. He became the God of this age. And Jesus lived a perfect life. We celebrate this Easter, Passover right now. Lived a perfect life, became our sacrifice, rose from the dead, got back the keys of the kingdom, power So he won it back. The enemy has been defeated. So he had this power transfer. Now Jesus is in charge. And he... Now we get to either believe that or not. We get to live in that or not. This was really vivid when Saddam Hussein was being dethroned. We went into the middle of that city, our tank. You remember that picture? There was one of our tanks. He had been dethroned. We had won. But Saddam was still in a hole hiding, fighting. There were still people looking to him as king. There was, it wasn't over. And that's somewhere where the church is. There's a power change that's happened. But some people sitting in a cave. 
And when he came out, he looked like a devil. Our Bethel Redding family of churches. And we've got an apostle over our churches. What are, what's their mission? Started like 2004 or five, hearing the message, reading Bill's book. It was like someone, it was like a pitchfork, a tuning fork, tuning fork. We love this message of empowerment, of honor, of radical worship, of generosity, that God is in a good mood. Supernatural still happens. Signs and wonders are still available. People are powerful. This is resonating. These people feel like us. They're saying what's been in our So we hear revival. Their, their mission is revival. Their mission is heaven invading earth. This says it so well. We owe the world an encounter with God. Our mandate is simple. Raise up a generation that can openly display the raw power of God. Deeply explore website, it says, we're a vibrant family of hope-filled believers who deeply experience the love and presence of God and partner with Jesus to express the... It's a great mission statement. The only thing I don't like about it is I'll never remember it. And I want us to have something we remember in the elevator. Somebody says, I want you to have an elevator talk. I want you to have a sentence or two that captures it. And we're going there. I love, one day Bill was in a staff meeting. He just started calling that so simply defined things we were about. He wrote, number one, God is good. All the things, he's good. And said, Jesus won ultimate victory. Complete he bought a victory for healing, a, bought a victory for overcoming. He bought a victory for abundant life. He bought a victory that you would walk in destiny, paid for. I want everything he bought and paid for. He says, he wrote down a piece of paper, nothing is impossible. Like Christ in me, the hope of glory, nothing is impossible. I don't want to live with a thought that something is impossible. I hate the word I can't. Dad, when my kids say I can't, what does a good father want to do? He wants to empower the kids to think they can do anything. Don't tell me you can't. Nothing is impossible. Bill wrote down number four I am significant. You're just a dirty sinner, maybe saved by grace. We are sinners saved by grace. We're also children of the living king. We're the children of God. And so, so that's our papa. We borrow, so what about us? So we, we borrow their, hey, we're for revival. We'll take that. We're for heaven invades earth. That, that prayer, our father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's the concept in heaven. There's no shag carpet in heaven. <laughs> and heaven invades earth into a beautiful house, 
heaven has invaded earth a little bit. When you take disorder in your home, heaven has invaded earth. I look for heaven invading earth all over. And they have two little sparklers and they're just, they're just sparkling. When someone gets healed, those testimonies we just heard with Dion. When Michael Maiden last week prophesies into your destiny how God sees you, heaven is invading earth. It's invading earth. The lines between secular and sacred are diminishing. So we started talking about, one of our worship leaders sang a new song one day, family in the presence of God. We're looking for words that a few words say a lot. And the Lord was calling us to start a church. Like, my, I enjoyed my family and my life. We, we enjoyed our life so much. Like, we're not going to go through all this crap just for another church. It's hard building a church. We'll build it to create a way of life for us and others and multiply away friends, our community, that's worth pouring your life for. One day in worship to do with them, sometimes you're like, could we just get it closer, like bite size? Like what to do tomorrow? Anybody feel that way? In the middle of worship, we've been talking about worship, how he speaks to us in worship. Go find 300 people who love my presence, who will be extravagant in worship, my voice, who will hear my voice, my sheep hear my voice. And when they hear it, they'll run and obey. Thousand of those will change your city. They'll help you find a thousand, and one thousand of those will change your city. A thousand Dion's will change your city. A thousand house homemakers loving Jesus all day long will change your city. So we're we're coming down to a so we we're coming down to a. Just lately, when Paul Manwaring was here, we came line, I can remember. And Bethel Atlanta exists to empower you, who you are, or whatever you do. We're more about making big people than big churches. You see, it encompasses not just come here, come one, Come serve our ministry. Thank you. Hey, we want to build a church of 4,000. You're one of them. Thank you. That is an inspiring, fulfilled what we need from you. You're just starting. 
because we're all on a journey to reign in life. And the purpose of reigning in life is what? This is a co-laboring, co-laboring with him and us. This is us doing it together because we're all on a journey. 3,000 people to sit in the seats. Jesus did it with 12. He did it. Hey, let me pour in. Bethel Atlanta. Bethel Atlanta exists. The school of, and so we're asking, okay, those kids to reign in life. If you're over the school of ministry, how is this empowering? We want to empower you to reign in life. Young, old, black, white, rich, poor, whoever you are, wherever you are, you are. It shifts that thing, old buck, next door, wherever you are. It shifts that thing. Oh, bummer for you. You live an hour away. No, great you live there. We want to be in the same place. Shift that thing. We don't all want to be in the same place. We need people everywhere. Whatever you do. So Drew McClure, Drew, come here. And dreams start to happen. You know you're healthy when you're dreaming. This place was started at the DNA of a dream. We find people come here, they start dreaming. If they haven't, if they've been dreaming, they dream more. And he's saying, dream bigger, dream bigger. So So if we believe this, we've got to be okay with a Drew McClure who comes for two years and he's like, oh, you're so... Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're going to do, you feel the nets? Give and it will be given. Jesus was empowering, sending, building. So do you feel the wake of that mission statement? Bethel Reddings in the wake of that. I see us in the wake of that. And maybe some of you will be, it'll be in the wake of that. What's he calling you to do? Amen? Let us be people of honor. People, let us be the church. Let us be people of honor. Let us be people of grace. Let's be, let, us be, let us be warriors for the king. Let us be children of the day, daughters of light. Let us be more than enough generosity, more than enough grace. Let us be powerful people, hands that heal, words of life. Let us hear your voice, God, and grace and life. people said, amen, amen, amen. Mike? Give God a hand clap.